What is up everyone? It's Quinn here and in today's video I'm going to be talking about five must draft running backs that can help win you guys your fantasy football leagues. So these are just players that I think are really nice values at their current ADP and when we're looking back on it like at the end of the 2023 season I think these guys are going to end up being some really solid values. I talked about my uh, top five must draft wide receivers yesterday so if you haven't seen that go check it out after uh, this video and I'm getting my ADP from four for four ADP pretty much just compiled like a bunch of different fantasy platforms and creates like a consensus ADP. So just so you guys know where those numbers are coming from, but let's just jump right into it. My first must draft running back is going to be Tony Pollard. And personally, I have Pollard firmly in the tier with guys like Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor. You get that first tier of like CMC, Bijan Eckler. Then there's that next tier. And I think Tony Pollard firmly belongs with that group, but he's being drafted like four to 10 picks after those guys, according to consensus ADP. We look back to last season, Tony Pollard was the running back nine in points per game, but I think he probably has like the most room for improvement of those guys in the top 12 heading into 2023. Pollard only had a 48.1% opportunity share, which was 34th in the NFL. Like that type of opportunity share is pretty much like a glorified backup or like an elite backup option. Pollard was only 26th in touches per game at the running back position. Zeke was 16th. Zeke is now gone and the Cowboys pretty much have like nothing going on on the depth chart behind Tony Pollard. The uh, three running backs behind him have a total of 45 total NFL carries. So just pretty much zero experience. And the best draft capital those guys have is late six round Deuce Vaughn. The other two dudes are undrafted. So behind Tony Pollard, there is literally zero competition on this Cowboys offense. I do think it's still possible that the Cowboys like bring back Zeke or sign a guy like Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, but I still just don't see, even if they do that, I just don't see a way that Pollard isn't the clear cut running back one. He's one of the most efficient running backs in the NFL, averaged five and a half yards per carry in 2021. 5.2 last season. Last year, he was second in rushing yards over expected per attempt. He was also fourth in yards per out run and second in yards per reception. So both super efficient on the ground and in the air. I think it's pretty reasonable to expect a significant increase in both his rushing and receiving volume. I don't think Tony Pollard's ever going to be a guy who's averaging like 20 carries a game. I don't think he's ever going to have that type of workload, but I think if he jumps from a 48% opportunity share to 60, 65, that is still a really solid increase in his overall workload. And I think he'll have the opportunity to jump from RB9 in points per game last year to potentially like a mid to high end RB1 season here in 2023. My second must-draft running back is going to be Jameer Gibbs. And a few days ago, or maybe like a week ago now, I did a full video talking about how Jameer Gibbs is a league-winning running back at his current price. So if you want like the full in-depth version, I talk about his college career, you know, more in-depth than what I'm going to do right here, but go check that one out. Um, When we look back to the last seven top 15 running back picks, so running backs picked in the top 15 picks of the first round, six of the last seven were RB1s in points per game their rookie season. So there's a really nice track record of these guys stepping in and producing right away. We look back to last season with the Lions. DeAndre Swift was the running back 16 in PPR points per game, basically playing like a neutered version of what Jameer Gibbs' role here in 2023 is going to be. Also, just throwing in the fact that Jameer Gibbs is likely just the better player 
over uh, DeAndre Swift. Plus the Lions obviously believe in him. DeAndre Swift last year, if we remember every week, it was like, why are the Lions holding him back? Why is his workload so limited? Swift only had a 37% opportunity share last year. There's no way you draft his replacement at pick 12 in the NFL draft and then give him that same workload. Like there is no chance Jameer Gibbs is only having a 37% opportunity share of this backfield. We've heard great stuff about Jameer Gibbs out of training camp. And I think there continues to be this misconception that in order to be a fantasy RB1 or a mid-tier RB1 or even a high-end RB1, that you need to have some sort of insane monster workload. Obviously, a monster workload is nice. You know, you like to see the Josh Jacobs workload from last year, Derrick Henry year after year, just racking up a ton of touches. But that is not the only path to a high-end or mid-tier fantasy RB1 season, especially if you're an elite pass catcher like Jameer Gibbs is. Um, I went through these videos in the Jameer Gibbs video, but uh, Alvin Kamara averaged 19.6 points per game on only seven carries a game in his rookie season. James White averaged 17.3 points per game in 2016 on less than six carries a game. In 2019, Eckler averaged 19.3 points per game on 8.3 carries per game. And I personally believe that uh, Jameer Gibbs is going to have a larger workload than these guys. I think he's going to be very involved as a pass catcher probably looking five, six, seven targets a game. And I do think he's going to sit around that 10 carry per game number. I don't think he's only going to be like this third down back. You don't spend the number 12 overall pick on a guy who's just out there on third downs. So I'm very high on Jameer Gibbs. And looking at some of the other running backs being drafted ahead of Jameer Gibbs, I would just rather draft the young, you know, rookie running back with top 12 draft capital and elite receiving upside over some of these like younger-ish options like Travis Etienne or Najee Harris who kind of flopped last season, right? Like these guys were disappointing. I would rather just take that, you know, fresh kind of, I guess, like a mystery box type player, but I'm just very confident that Jameer Gibbs is going to pay off at RB15. I think he's going to finish as a top 12 running back, and I think he has some legit league winning upside that people just aren't really taking into account with his ADP. The next running back is going to be J.K. Dobbins. And he's currently being drafted as the running back 22. And this ADP is honestly pretty wild to me. I'm guessing some of this is like related to him holding in um, with the Ravens. Like I don't think he's practicing right now. But to be honest, I'm not super concerned. Like to me, this isn't a Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs situation. I just think if we actually step back, it would be a pretty wild decision for J.K. Dobbins to actually start sitting out games because he wants a new contract, right? He's probably not happy with what the Ravens are uh, offering, but there's no way anyone's going to be advising a guy who's only played in eight games the last two seasons to hold out. And even when he did play, you know, the eight games last year, he was not at 100%. So that's not like the last tape you want out there on you before you become a free agent. Um, And even if he doesn't get the contract he wants before week one, I don't think a holdout is really going to help him long term. Like, I don't think he sits out this year and then all of a sudden is going to get a better offer after playing eight games in the last three seasons. So assuming that J.K. Dobbins is on the field for week one, I think he's going to be an absolute smash draft pick at this current ADP. Throughout his NFL career, Dobbins has had two major limitations. The first one is just injuries. And then the second is going to be Greg Roman's backfield usage. Dobbins missed the entire 2021 season with an ACL tear. Then he missed the first two games of last year. He was kind of, you know, he came back week three, but was limited weeks like three through six. 
Then he needed another surgery to clean up that knee and then was out until week 14. But once he got back um, in week 15 on, you know, through the playoff game, he was super impressive. So his last five games rushed for 459 yards on only 70 carries. So 6.6 yards per carry. And he only had a 50% or larger snap share in one of those five games. So he wasn't even, you know, being used as like the clear cut RB1 with this huge workload. And he was still giving you really, really nice production, especially on the ground. With Greg Roman as the offensive coordinator, he really liked employing a committee that just didn't involve the running backs as pass catchers. We've heard a ton about the new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, who's reportedly going to make this offense much more pass heavy. Dobbins can catch passes, even though he hasn't done it in the NFL. He caught 22 or more passes in each of his three uh, college seasons. So if Dobbins is going to be back to 100% this year and some potential receiving upside, I really wouldn't be shocked if he was like a fringe RB1 on the season. Even if he's just on the ground in this Ravens offense, I still think he'll be like a mid-tier RB2, but I also think he has that extra upside and you're able to draft him as like a back-end RB2. If he plays this year, I just think he's going to easily pay off at that price. Now, my fourth must-draft running back is going to be David Montgomery. He's going off the board as the running back 28, and we're going to be going back to the uh, Lions running back room. Already talked about Jameer Gibbs, but I think both Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery are undervalued heading into the season. Last year with this Lions backfield, we saw Swift finish as the RB16 in points per game. Jamal Williams was the RB18. That's a PPR points per game. If you're going like half point or standard, Swift would drop a little bit and then Jamal Williams would uh, kind of rise up. But, you know, two mid-tier um, RB2 options or Swift, you could even argue like close to a high-end RB2 season. And I would argue that after the offseason heading into 2023, I think you can make a strong argument that they upgraded at both spots, going from Swift to Jameer Gibbs, Jamal Williams to David Montgomery. I think both of those spots could honestly be upgrades, but now we only have Swift going as RB15, which is basically saying he's going to like repeat what Swift did. And then we have Montgomery down at RB28, which is pretty much like he's going to have serious regression from what Jamal Williams did. I do think we look back at last year, right? The huge thing with Jamal Williams was the touchdowns. He got pretty lucky scoring 17 touchdowns, like not saying he didn't deserve it or that, you know, he was bad and just kind of lucked into them, but he had so many like rush attempts from the one yard line. You just don't really expect that to carry over into uh, 2023, but Montgomery is still going to have that same goal line role and he's attached to one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Also, I think the point that's kind of being forgotten here by David Montgomery is he's like a legit handcuff guy but has weekly value, right? So you can throw him into your lineup as like a fringe RB2 option when Jameer Gibbs is healthy, which is pretty much where he's being drafted now. But if Jameer Gibbs goes down with injury, David Montgomery pretty much automatically springs into like a top 12 running back on the week. So I don't think he's going to come in and steal a ton of receiving work from Jameer Gibbs. But if Jameer Gibbs misses time, Montgomery is definitely a competent pass catcher, could step into that role. And I think then he just becomes an absolute value. So I think he pays off at his price if Jameer Gibbs stays healthy. And then I think he just smashes at his price if Jameer Gibbs goes down. Even if it's just for a few games, you're getting an RB1 that you're drafting as like a you know mid-tier RB3 option. And then the fifth and final must-draft running back is going to be Javante Williams. He's going off the board right after David Montgomery as the running back 29. 
And I think it's weird because his ADP has barely changed over the last few weeks, despite the fact that he is now practicing and it looks to be on track to play in the preseason, not just return week one, but like to play before that in the preseason. And a month ago, there was like the risk that he'd be missing a chunk of the season. You know, we obviously had some positive reports, but you can't exactly buy into those 100%. It seemed like he could still miss time throughout the entire offseason. It seemed like he was pretty much locked in to not be ready for week one. Now he's likely going to be playing in the preseason. And I feel like the lowest he can be ranked is like right outside the top 24 running back. So if you're getting him at RB29, I think it's a value. If Javante didn't tear his ACL, I imagine he'd be drafted in like that running back 12 to 16 area in there with like Najee, Travis Etienne, that's where Jameer Gibbs is going, uh, Joe Mixon. Like I do think he would be in that tier if he had no injury concerns. And so obviously there's some risk that he's not the same guy coming back from that ACL, or maybe he has like the JK Dobbins route where he needs a cleanup in the middle of the season and it turns into a mess. But keep in mind, he's much healthier than J.K. Dobbins was. Like Dobbins tore his ACL pre-2021 season, wasn't even ready to go week one of 2022. Uh, Javante Williams tore his ACL during the 2022 season and seems to be ready to go before 2023. So those timelines are just really not the same. His only competition is Samaj Pirine, who's been like a career backup. So I think we could easily be talking about Javante Williams being the lead back on an improved and probably more run-heavy Broncos offense this season. I just think the risk-reward here just favors drafting him at this price. Not saying it's you know guaranteed to pay off. I just think the uh, reward, the upside is there with this pick if he can get healthy and uh, you know take over that RB1 spot. So those are going to be my five must-draft running backs. We've got Tony Pollard, Jameer Gibbs, J.K. Dobbins, uh, David Montgomery, and Javante Williams. Also an honorable mention to uh, Brees Hall, you know, considered throwing him in here also. I think his value continues to fall um, because he hasn't been cleared yet. I think uh, he does kind of gain some momentum as a must-draft guy, especially if his ADP continues to get lower, but didn't talk about him. Probably be, uh, you know, someone I talk about in a different video. Like I said at the top, if you uh, haven't seen the wide receiver video, go check that one out. Um, If you enjoyed, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Thank you all for stopping by, and I'll see you in the next one.